Welcome to the Latch Mama podcast. This is Lindy today, a gorgeous day in Richmond, Virginia, and we are going to chat today uh, with Amber Allen Lane. It's a difficult one for us today, but I think it's incredibly, incredibly important. So we are going to chat today on pregnancy and infant loss. So join us. You're listening to the Latch Mama podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, business owner and tired mom of five. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, nursing, parenting, and all things motherhood. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> it was so nice to meet you today. And I know we've chatted a little bit and gotten a few details, but um, it's good to be here with you today. And I know this is a very difficult topic. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked a little bit. and um, But as we went back and forth um, within the company, we're like, we really need to talk on this. And uh, so I've got a variety of questions, mm-hmm. but you want to tell us a little bit about yourself sure. um, and then I can jump in with a few questions <laughs> on this. So, okay. Go for it. A so few, few things. you are exactly right. This is such an important topic. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there are so many people that experience the losses of pregnancy and infant and it, it's one of those things that it's comforting to know that you're not the only one, but it's such a sad thing too. (laughs) It's so strange. But, um, my name is Amber Lane. I am a Richmonder. I've born and raised here my whole life. Um, I am married to what I like to call my middle school sweetheart, (laughs) Brandon. Um, we've been married 10 years this year. Um, and yeah, I mean, I am a real a real estate agent, and um, yeah, yeah. So. so, how many children do you have? We have two. You have two children. How we old are they? Two. We have I have an eight year old named Nolan, and we have a two year old named Eloise. Very cool. Yeah. So I was telling Amber today when um, I was sitting here to join us because usually Melissa Wirt. Um, hosts our podcast and she is about to give birth to her six and this topic was a little bit a little bit tricky to talk on just mm-hmm. a lot of feelings and whatnot so I'm here to step in um, but I want to be completely upfront as I do I have six healthy kids at home and um, I'm very lucky to have not experienced this so I'm going to sit here and not pretend I can even imagine what it feels like mm-hmm. and um so I want to hear kind of your story and your journey through this. Um, and so I kind of have, yeah, I have a little bit of questions here. Okay. So what was life like for you right after your loss? And maybe you want to chat a little bit about how you were feeling prior and that journey kind of through that experience, maybe not just after, um, how that can change within you and kind of the outside you know, kind of what was going on in the home and, and friends yeah. and things like that. <clears throat> so I think it's important to like kind of understand what was happening prior, prior, like you said, yeah. to us even getting pregnant. So um, my body has kind of never worked <laughs> ever oh. properly. And so we actually knew before we got married that we were going to have to seek out infertility Um, and, or fertility medications. And we were kind of lucky in that because a lot of people don't know that up front. They have to try and try and try. And then, and then they seek out fertility help. Um, and so we started that right away and we did pills 
that didn't work. And um, we ended up doing um, uh, injections. Okay. And our first round of injections didn't work in terms of a positive pregnancy test, but it did work in terms of making my body work properly. And on the second round of fertility medications, we got pregnant and that pregnancy was perfect. It was so perfect. My skin was great. My hair was great. I lost a couple of pounds in the beginning. Um, and we had, we ended up having Nolan. Um, he was a beautiful eight pound, eight ounce little boy who is now eight years old and he is just a gem. Um, but then we were like, yes, we found something that worked. So whenever we're ready to have our, our next child or to grow our family anymore, um, we know exactly what we have to do. And so the next year, when he was about one, we said, okay, it's time. The next year, we did two rounds of fertility treatments and both times, no baby. And then we did it again. The next year, twice, no baby. And the next year, <laughs> we did two more rounds and still no baby. And I think, um, you know, you might be thinking like, why did you only try twice? This was a huge financial investment for us. Mm -hmm. You know, it was three to $5,000 every time just to try to have a baby. <laughs> so the financial obligations were huge for us. And so we could only do it but so many times. And when you say try, I'm assuming there's a there's a, a larger time frame to accomplish that. Is It's not just like a, you know, when people are like, oh, I tried for a baby this month. Like, I'd, I'm not saying this is not the same we're trying for a baby, correct? No, right. There's, mo there's right. way more yes. steps involved, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And we could, I could literally talk hours about fertility because we've done it for so yeah. many okay. years. But um, yeah, like I did daily shots, and sometimes those shots would last three to four weeks <laughs> to even get my body to produce to the eggs. What? Yeah, the size that they needed to be to even try to. Um, to become a baby. Right. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. So yes, it's, it's much more complicated <laughs> than just trying. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so that next year we had done two that didn't work. And so the next year that brings us to kind of 2017 and my husband is actually one of six kids and they're all very close in age except the youngest one. And so I have four sister-in-laws and Three of those four in 2017 were pregnant. And I just knew 2017 was our year. Like I was supposed to be pregnant with my sister-in-laws and we're very close. We're very good friends. Um, and our kids are very close. And so I was really hopeful in 2017 and we did another two rounds and it, they were both negative. And, um, I remember like feeling really defeated. I actually, you know, was celebrating baby showers and the birth of my niece, nieces and nephews. And so we scrounged up just enough money to do a third round that year. And we finally got a positive pregnancy test and we were just elated. I was like, hallelujah. I knew 2017 was going to be our year. And we ended up telling our family right away. I was probably like three and a half weeks pregnant. Because yeah. <laughs> when you do fertility treatments, you know exactly the timing of everything. Mm -hmm. And so we told them right away. We um, 
didn't want to celebrate on our own because any positive was a celebration to us. Mm -hmm. And if something were to have happened, we certainly didn't want to be grieving alone. And, um, and so we told everyone on Thanksgiving and we were so happy and we decided to take family pictures because we were going to announce it on our Christmas card that year. And, um, a couple weeks later, I was sitting down or I sat down on my couch and it felt like I had sat and like my son had spilt a drink or something and I sat down and I realized that that is not what happened and um, that I was losing our baby. And it was a really, really, really sad time. But I was also so mad. We had waited for four years for this positive pregnancy test And it felt like I was tricked into getting excited for a baby. And it was all just taken away from me in an instant. It was awful. (laughs) I just, I don't even have the words. Yeah. So what goes through your mind? I mean, there's that anger and sadness Mm -hmm. and like, what can you do with those feelings? Like, where where did you go from there? Yeah, so... And I know you said you had told family and friends, Mm -hmm. so I'm assuming they were there for you. Oh, of course, of course. But what were kind of your next, you know, over the next couple weeks? Like, what did that look like? So I don't, I actually don't know if this is everyone's experience when they have a miscarriage, but we, um, we actually had to go in and do an ultrasound because of our fertility medications, and he had to make sure that there was, in fact, no baby there and we weren't having other complications and so there's a confirmation of a ultrasound but then even after that ultrasound I had to get blood drawn and this is kind of on the medical side and not necessarily emotional but I think it plays into a lot of the emotions because you have to see a screen there is no baby and then you get a blood drawn and you get a phone call the next day and it says, hey, this is the nurse's office or this is the nurse from the doctor's office. Your numbers are this. You're not pregnant. Two days later, you're getting the same call. And then another two days, you're getting the same call. And I look back now and those words, you are not pregnant, really stung at the time. Like, I know I am not pregnant. Like, I, I'm fully aware of that at this point. But I think that now looking back, those words are so important because you don't want to hold on hope and have like a false sense of hope um, that something's going to change. You know, when you've lost a baby, you have to grieve a baby and you don't want to sit there for months and months and months thinking that something's going to change. You know what I mean? Like you need that clear defining definition that you you are no longer pregnant. I, I, and I actually really think that's important. As hard as that is to hear, that would have been really hard for me to hear back then too. Um, but it, it's really, really important to hear, um, to well, start the healing. I almost wish that those words were re... Like, I, yeah. <laughs> there needs to be new words yeah. around that, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like, I, don't, I don't like those words because yeah. you were pregnant... And you lost. Right. It shouldn't be you are not pregnant right. because it, I don't know. It that's <laughs> like an e- that's like I don't I, I don't know. It that's an either or. But there I was. I feel like there needs to be that acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know, like through some of those medical things and you know those um, 
nurses working on a daily basis, mm-hmm. I think for them it becomes these routine phone calls. Yeah. And instead of like, there's a, a person on the other line that just lost a child. R- um, yeah. So I really do. I, that needs a little bit of overhaul as far as wording goes. Yeah. And care. I think that's a great recognition. You know, we we had built such a rapport with this doctor's office and this doctor and his nurses that we knew that their intentions were good. So when I heard these words, it wasn't like I felt like they were slapping me in the face. It was just yeah. it was hard to hear. Just but in still. general, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I was I was really angry about this loss um, and. Losing a baby that you haven't even gotten to have that first real ultrasound with to hear a heartbeat. I know how, you know, it's almost like you get that sense of relief, that first ultrasound and you get to hear that heartbeat. And I was so angry that I didn't even get that. I didn't get that chance. I, and so I'm grieving a person that I am totally in love with and I've never seen them. And I don't have anything tangible other than a memory to remember them by. You know, and I think that that's so tough and that's so hard because we're holding on to something that tangibly, you know, you've never had. And I like to remember and I like to celebrate life. And and I hated not having that. And I was so angry that we didn't get to hear that heartbeat. And so just uh, there's no other words other than I remember that time frame of me just being so, so angry. Yeah. That's so understandable. (laughs) So what was happening around you as far as relationships wise, like with your husband, Mm -hmm. maybe how did that change kind of the feeling in the home? And, um, you know, were friends reaching out. Mm -hmm. Um, and what do you, what do you think you really needed in that? Like how could your community of support, what was maybe like a, a couple of the most important things that they could have done for you? Yeah. So um, we have an incredible support system. Um, I I am like the luckiest girl in the world with our family and our friends. Um, We have a big family that totally loves us and totally supports us through all of our journeys. And we share those journeys with them. And so um, everyone was very, very uh, sympathetic. They were reaching out. Um, And but I think outside of that, you can have the best support system in the world and still feel like you're missing something. Absolutely. And so that baby helped me hit kind of a rock bottom that I needed to hit. Um, and I'm so grateful. And I think that that was that, that baby's calling in my life, honestly. Um, and that next year, my husband and I really leaned into each other um, and we strengthened our marriage in a way that I, I've never, we've never had that strong of a marriage, you know, and we decided to lean in and, you know, strengthen our finances and strengthen our community. And we, um, you know, we really focused on loving our community that has been so good to us. And, um, I ended up, kind of feeling like I needed something else and I joined a mom's group because you know I still had Nolan and um and so I joined a mom's group that happened to be at a church and so we found our home church and we we really built our faith and um I remember one time uh, a member of our family said 
you know, just give it some time and probably about a year you'll be ready again. And in that moment of like loss, I remember thinking, I will never be ready again. I will never put myself through this again. I will never because I because I won't be able to overcome that grief again if if that were to ever happen to us. And sure enough, um, you know, as we're working on and being very intentional on other aspects of our life, right at a year later, we said, you know, I think it's time to try again. Yeah. And um, even in the times that those things aren't very helpful, you know, (laughs) sometimes they're right and sometimes they're not. Um, But in my case, that that was right. And, but they, they were very supportive. You know, everyone was like, can I get you anything? Do you need anything? I'm here for you. Um, I will tell you that one of my friends is my biggest hype woman. Um, she's also my aunt, but, um, and if I call her and I say, listen, I need, I'm calling you and I need to be sad right now. She is not going to hype me up. She is going to let me have that pity party and she's going to be pity with me. And we're going to talk about how much this sucks. And (laughs) we're just going to have those conversations. Um, But if I say, you know, like, hey, I'm down in the dumps and and we need to like hype this up. (laughs) Like, I need I need some oomph back in my step. Um, She's that hype woman. So I think finding that person in your life um, is so, so important for just healing and, um, you know, just allowing you to grieve the way that you need to grieve and and the way that you want to grieve. I was going to say, I I think you're incredible for, you know, that healing kind of journey on that year because I know that kids and marriages and I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't relate, but something like this would have probably just rendered me useless. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure you felt those times, just like you said, hey, I need to have a bad day Mm -hmm. and just kind of be in those feelings, feel it like they are real. It is Mm -hmm. okay. And then you could recognize, hey, I need to pick me up today. Like I can Mm -hmm. do this. I can keep going. And um I don't know. I just think that's incredible that you guys turn toward each other, which a lot of these tough things in marriages and kids, I mean, they really do. Like we are kind of selfish creatures and we, you know, we kind of do us sometimes and we can turn away. And I think it's absolutely amazing that that's the journey that you guys took over that year. I think it's incredible. Um, But I also love how you say like, it is a down to day today. It is totally cool. Like help me with it. Sit with me for a little bit and then let's go, you know, kind of thing. I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I summed up that whole year in just a couple, like a minute or so. And, and so, it's not an instant thing. You know, me hitting rock bottom and, and then leaning into my husband was not an overnight thing. It was right. something we, over time, after we started healing, it was something that we could could do. You know, it was something like we, we haven't, I mean, it was almost like we felt we had no other direction to go. Right. We had to start leaning into each other or we were just going to break. Yeah. And, um, and finding that community that I didn't even know I needed. Um, it was, it was just, you know, I'm, I'm summing it up so quickly, but it was so involved and, and that didn't come easy. I mean, it was probably six months after 
right. my miscarriage that um, we found a church and we leaned into our faith a little bit more. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was angry. I, I certainly didn't want to be leaning into my faith right after I'd lost a baby. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not everyone's case, but that was my case. And that yeah. was real. Um, and I had never felt like that yeah. before. Now, so. do you want to share a little bit you shared with me before, mm-hmm. just in this age of social media, yeah. um, it's very easy for us um, to find some community and some mm-hmm. support online, which I do think you need to be careful. But, yes. um, you know, for those mamas at home and feeling mm-hmm. alone, I think there are some other resources that you can reach out and find. So did you find some other places of kind of some sources for help? Yeah, for sure. So when my even in in a community where everything is great and everyone is so loving and nurturing, most of my friends and family have not experienced a loss. And so, sorry. And so it's hard to be able to express what you're what going through mm-hmm. and I I know like you're so sweet and I know you you love me and you care about me but you don't get it right and that's okay yeah. I don't get every situation either because I haven't lived it but um and so I did end up turning to even my husband doesn't get it he's mm-hmm. not the the woman right? right he's a man and he's a man who's lost a, a baby and I can't understand that because you know, he has no control right. over it either. But um, so I did lean into some online forums mm-hmm. and um, and it was nice to find a community of women who were going through the exact same thing as me. And we could really just talk about what's happening, what's next steps, what um, how are we getting through feelings and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So. That's really great. Um, I know you talked a little bit. We've kind of hit several of these questions that I had. Because <laughs> we've talked about kind of, um, you know, your kind of steps to healing and the kind of that mm-hmm. time. Um, well, you've chatted a bit on the infertility. No, mm-hmm. feel free to add no, no, more. No, no, so, no. So there is a little bit more to our infertility journey, yeah, actually. I would love to hear about that because um, I definitely, I mean, very experienced <laughs> on it, which I hate yeah. to say that. But. So... So that, you know, I told you that we were ready a year after we... Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. So we were ready about a year after and we were like, okay, we're going to do these fertility treatments again. And this is um, because we feel like this is the time. And um, so we do one round of fertility treatments. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. I know you said kind of early on in your journey, you're like, this is what works. And then you tried it multiple times again. It didn't. Mm -hmm. So when you kind of went back, did you have those questions? Like, what do we do? We're ready. Do we do the same thing? Do you recommend like kind of what was going on in that conversation? So we actually in very early on in our infertility journey, I had read a, a blog about one of the most important things you do with your partner is decide how far you're willing to go, right. whether that be, um, you know, uh, pills, injections, um, IVF, adoption, fostering, um, really have those conversations. And my husband and I decided very early on that um, IVF would be too far for us. And mostly for financial reasons, um, 
we just didn't see how that would be feasible for us. Um, and so we said, if we're going to grow our family um, with fertility treatments, um, this is going to be as far as we're going to go. And these fertility treatments, quote unquote, were working. They were making my body do what it needed to do to help mm -hmm. or try to produce a baby. It was just the actually production. It's just like a woman, you know, you don't get pregnant every single month. Right. Um, but your body is working, you know, to the point that you could get mm -hmm. pregnant. That's true. You know, so mm -hmm. it, it's, it was like that for us. Um, so I think, you know, it could have been timing some months. It could have been that it just didn't work. Um, so, and, and we were only doing two rounds a year. It wasn't like this was a consistent every other month thing for, okay. you know, four to five years. So, um, we ended up doing, um, injections again and, um, we end up, I end up getting a positive pregnancy test really, really early again. And I go in and they take my blood and they're like, yeah, you're, you're definitely pregnant. And, um, that, cause that's how they confirm it before you go into your ultrasound. And so our first ultrasound comes. And of course I am so scared because <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've had a miscarriage before, but are, are we now going to go in and there's going to be something else? Well, and that's where I was going to kind of ask you is how does that mindset change? Um, it almost, <laughs> I could, and I'm going to try to imagine yeah. if it was me, mm -hmm. I would almost feel a bit robbed of those feelings that you feel like it is positive, kind of like, you know, back to your first. Mm -hmm. And now you're kind of like, or maybe I would be, I'm not, don't want to put words yeah. into your mouth or would be like, okay, it's positive, but I don't, it doesn't feel the same because you have that kind of anxiety and mm. worry about it. Um, to where it should be like this joyous time, right? Yeah. So sorry, I interrupted you, but that just is kind of what popped into my mind. Like, how are you feeling? Yes, you were so excited, but I'm sure you've had this, all these other feelings flood in. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, we were happy, but I was very reserved mm -hmm. on giving my emotions over, so to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I didn't want to get my hopes up because I knew what that felt like. Mm -hmm. And even though my life felt better um, because we had been working on it and that baby really projected that, um, it, yeah, you just, it, it's almost like a hesitation to just fall in love head over heels. Right. Um, and so we go into this first ultrasound and my husband is right there with me. And at this point, I've seen a ton of ultrasounds because infertility, you go like every week, yeah. I, you so know, how, twice a week. How early were you right now going? Um, probably. Like what were you expecting to I would probably kind of see? Seven weeks at so this point. So a heartbeat. For sure. Okay. For sure. And the doctor pulls up the screen and I instantly am like, there are two babies on this ultrasound. And my husband and I are like in awe, right? <laughs> and I'm waiting because I feel like, and I don't know if you've ever felt this, but my heart, and I feel like I don't breathe until that heartbeat comes on that ultrasound. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <gasps> uh, yeah. And yeah. so I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm like, can you please just hurry up and find yeah. these heartbeats? And so he finds the first heartbeat 
and it is great. It's perfect. And he goes to the other one and he finds the heartbeat and it is good and it is perfect. And the only thing that was really catching us up is the the second baby was further away. And so we could see the heartbeat, but he said it was harder to hear. And that's not unlikely at seven weeks pregnant. So he said, hey, I want you to come in in two weeks. And, um, and we're going to check this again because I want to make sure that this is an actual viable twin pregnancy. So we go in in two weeks. The babies have grown. They're both the same size. They have, um, they've progressed. And their heartbeats, I remember, they were identical to the beats per minute. Um, and we got to hear them both. And he's like, oh, yeah, these are crystal clear. Everything is good to go. So we are ecstatic at this point. I mean, our family already knew, but, um, when we went our second time, we, our, our family knew we were pregnant. They didn't know we were having twins. So once we confirmed it that second time, we said, Hey, oh my goodness, there are two babies and we are just beyond ourselves. And we're like, Oh my goodness, how are we going to do two babies at the same yeah. time? I know you have twins, right? <laughs> Did that go through your mind? Yes. Yeah. I had, <laughs> I had some different feelings, but yeah. um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of a mind blown um, yeah. thing. Yeah. And, you know, we're thinking, oh, financially, space wise, there's a lot that goes into yeah. that thought process. And um, and so we get through Christmas and my birthday is right after Christmas. And then so um, January 8th is like two days after my birthday. And my sis we invited my sister-in-law to come along to the 12 week ultrasound. And because um, like I said, we're really good friends and uh, we're very close and we go to the ultrasound and I remember having a pep talk with myself. I'm like, Amber, you all, like in my head, I'm like, Amber, you always ruin this. Like this is supposed to be a joyous time. Like we talked about and you always get so anxious over nothing. There's nothing wrong. There is no physical thing that showed you that something's wrong. And, um, and I don't know why you do this to yourself because then you can't enjoy it while you're here. And so I kind of relax a little bit because I'm talking myself down. And um, we get in there. Again, nothing physically has changed. Everything's good. And um, he pulls up the ultrasound. And if you can imagine um, on a TV like your fist, the, something the size of your fist besides something the size of your finger. And I instantly knew. And then the doctor said, I am so sorry. Basically, from the time, the last time we had seen one of the babies, they stopped growing. And they actually um, call it vanishing twin syndrome. And I'd never heard that term before that moment, ever. I didn't even know it was a possibility. And essentially your body doesn't, it doesn't expel this baby. It actually absorbs back into your body. So you, you actually would never know that you lost this twin if you didn't see it. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, in the beginning, I was so mad that with our first loss that we, we didn't get to see a heartbeat. <laughs> it, di it didn't make it any like easier. Mm -hmm. um, and so, at the same time, um, our, the other twin was doing great. And, um, and so now 
we didn't just lose a baby, but we're also needing to celebrate another baby. And so that was such a weird, strange emotion because it's like you can, you can be sad, but you can only be, but so sad. You know, this is what you're telling, or I'm telling myself, um, because you still have this one, but, but this sadness is still very real. Right. And this loss is very real. And we saw this baby grow and I was so, so sad that this, it looked like this baby was fine. This baby was fine. It was growing. We saw a heartbeat and I ended up actually looking up statistics after this. Once you see a baby's heartbeat, there's like a 5% chance of vanishing twin syndrome. It's the, the chances like plummet once like it actually develops and has, um, heartbeat and all that good stuff. So it was, it was hard. It was the thought of my daughter not having her twin and yeah. Did they offer any other insight into that? No. Because I know, I mean, that question, why just so many (laughs) things is just like, you want that answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing, you know, and there's nothing, there's nothing to test for, I mean, the baby's getting reabsorbed. Like, there's literally not a baby. Like, two weeks later, we couldn't even see it on an ultrasound anymore. It was like it was never there, but it was there. (laughs) Well, I'm almost wondering how difficult that is to, and I don't want to say the wrong thing, but almost kind of like a a closure. Um, You know, I can imagine with a miscarriage, maybe you, you missed a heartbeat, but there might be kind of a physical kind of conclusion Mm -hmm. or that you want to like celebrate that, but remember that life. And Mm -hmm. this almost feel like it's, I mean, it's completely intangible. I mean, Mm -hmm. so how, like you said, it's like, I want to hold on to this, but there's literally, I, it, I can't see anything anymore. There really wasn't Mm -hmm. a physical, um, ending to that. So how did you go through that pregnancy? Kind of what was on your mind? So I, I ended up, I had an ultrasound. And so I, I actually did get pictures of that baby. And okay. I have pictures of its heartbeat. And so that I definitely cherish. That was in our mm-hmm. uh, maternity pictures. And that was in my daughter's um, uh, newborn pictures. And so that is something I will always cherish. And I will always cherish the fact that she is a twin but you're right. You know, you're still grieving something you can't see. And it was early enough to where, even though I'm, I'm almost positive it was a girl. I don't know. And so they, she, did it's they like talk she, about, um, sacks or anything early on to give you an idea of whether they were fraternal or monochrome, you know, uh, right. Mono right. Die or whatnot. No, they didn't go into that. I think that happens when did you they switch look over. really separate. Oh, they're definitely separate. I'm, I'm almost positive they were fraternal, fraternal mm-hmm. twins. Yeah. Um, so they didn't share anything, okay. but I don't, I know that there's a bunch of different types of twins yeah. and I'm not sure we hadn't gotten to that point yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that, you know, you go home and you're like, okay, wait a minute. How, what are the chances that this baby bounces back? And it's always a, a rough road to go down when you Google something because you'll find the best, the best outcomes. And then it gives you this hope that just maybe 
you know, I didn't say it out loud, but just maybe when we deliver this baby, there's going to be two in there, you know, and I, I think it, it was hard not to hold on to Mm -hmm. because we had seen this baby grow. We had heard its beautiful heartbeat and, um, letting go of that was really, really hard because as the, the syndrome is, it just vanished. Like nothing vanishes in this world. You know what I mean? Like if there's a cup on the table, there's a cup on the table. Yeah. How does it just. It just vanished. And we watched it before our very eyes. It was, it was crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So she is how old now? Um, Eloise is two. Eloise is two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you do something (laughs) special for that other little one? And even, um, even your other loss. Do you guys do something to remember those? I, so I think with, <laughs> I think with um, Eloise's twin, um, maybe it's like a technical dark humor, <laughs> but I always am like, oh yeah, they added a little too much spice to Eloise. So this world couldn't handle her twin. And that's <laughs> like, that is my, my joy and still bringing her twin up and, um, my kids know, I talk about, Hey, Eloise was a twin. Um, and they can see the pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. The first one's a little bit harder to explain because there's nothing to show them like, Hey, I was pregnant and that's all I know about that pregnancy. Um, whereas I, I know just a smidgen more about her. So it's, it's easier to put into context. Um, but so I think chatting, just saying it out loud that there's these two babies in our family that aren't here mm-hmm. on earth with us, but they're very much is, my children is my, right. my children that are here are, um, and I have a few friends and, and it's okay that it's a few, I promise. <laughs> um, cause I, I don't think I could handle more than this, but there are a few friends that, you know, once a year, they'll just say, hey, thinking about you and your babies here on earth and not here on earth, you know. And so it's just a nice reminder that they're not forgotten. Like if you think about it, you don't want people to forget your children. Right. Um, and they would never forget about Nolan and Eloise. And so, but I hold those other babies to that same regard. Right. And so it, it, it is endearing that my friends remember and um, that they they honor that. Yeah. Well, I think maybe um, going into this last question, I think that's almost a very good suggestion is kind of what advice would you give a mom who has a friend going through a loss or infertility? Yeah. Um, How can they support? You know, some people are very reserved. I know tons of people that just don't talk about their fertility journeys or their losses. Um, And but if you know it's happening, I think just simply asking them, Hey, what kind of friend do you need right now? Um, do you do you need a tub of ice cream and us to sulk all night, or do you want me to to be your hype woman and um, and give you all the feel goods? Because I can do both, and just trying to be that person, um, try to give a little grace when you mm-hmm. feel like maybe they've stepped back, right? Um, and on the other side of that, I'll say, as a as a mom of loss and a mom of a lot of struggle, there were a lot of baby showers that I had to go to. And there were, I remember one of the last times that we didn't get pregnant with fertility, the very next day we found out I had to hold my brand new um, 
nephew. Mm. And even in this heart, I mean, I, I cried holding him, not because I wasn't excited for them. I love that little boy so much. He is so cute. And I was so happy for his mom and dad, my brother and sister-in-law. But at the same time, I was so sad for us. And in that moment, they just let me kind of have that moment. Mm -hmm. And they didn't say anything about it, which was so good. Um, But even in the struggles, just try to show up. Mm-hmm. You want to try to show up because that is a moment I, w- I would have regretted forever not meeting him the first day he was born. Yeah. You know, he he was so perfect. And, and it's OK to be extremely sad for you and so happy for someone else Two two emotions can exist at the same time. And I think that sometimes we allow ourselves to forget that. Um, and so just grace on both sides is so, so important. And we've been really, really lucky with that yeah and I was going to ask you just as a friend trying to figure out you know how can I support this friend I'm almost wondering just not saying or being scared Mm -hmm. um, is 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 not a good idea I, I would almost think that be confident to ask the question what do you want right now what do you need right now um, and not assuming that they need some big basket of goodies, not assuming that they want me to do this, but just to ask a genuine, what do you need and what do you want, yeah. um, would be a good thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. It, but, but also don't hold back. Like we have, um, some very sweet friends that gave us the most beautiful ornament that talks about, you know, um, one twin having angel wings while the other one gets to walk around here. And that is something I will cherish for the rest. Aww, I, I that's mean, a wonderful gift. It, yeah, it was so beautiful and it's packaged all by itself. Like it does not get to touch Aww. anything else. Cause <laughs> if that ornament ever breaks, I will be heartbroken. But you know, so I don't think that you need to hold back. If you, if you think a basket of goodies is your love language mm-hmm. and you need to show them that, then, then that's certainly it. But I think, um, I think we overthink it and I've done it at times where I'm like, mm-hmm. they must be bombarded with a ton of emotions and a ton of people. And then I haven't reached mm-hmm. out. And then I become the friend that wasn't there for them. Yeah. And it's happened to me and I've gone through it. Um, and so, yeah, I think just a simple, Hey, how are you doing? And I'll tell you when we, um, lost our twins I had five Facebook friends that um, announced twin pregnancies five I've never seen that many twin pregnancies in my life Um, and one of those mamas we were just acquaintances I was friends with her husband in high school and she was one of the consistent people that reached out to me and even though she was getting something that I had lost yeah um I always felt like it was so endearing that she thought of me, you know, and yeah. she, she really wanted to know how I was doing and we were just acquaintances and I, I still remember her to this day and how honored I was that, that she thought of me. Yeah. So really it's, it could be as simple as that. Hey, I'm thinking about you today. And that was going to be my next question because I see it often. Um, you know, a friend has gone through a loss. I'm pregnant. I don't know what, what to do, what to say. I don't mm-hmm. want to hurt her. I don't. And you're kind of in the stuck position. So mm-hmm. how would you navigate that? 
what would you encourage? For me, um, and this might not be for everyone, but for me, my heart would be broken if my friends didn't allow me in some of the most important events of their life because they are having a baby and and I just lost one, you know, because then you're losing out twice, you know, you're losing friends, you're losing that little baby, you know. So for me, um, I definitely do not want you to step back. Um, Could it make me sad for sure? But it's not, I'm not sad because you're pregnant. I'm sad Mm -hmm. because our situation really sucks. Yeah, and maybe that comes into that balance of friendship in, um, yes, I'm pregnant, uh, my, but my friend is going through a whole lot, mm-hmm. and you're acknowledging, you can, I think you can healthily acknowledge both. Yeah, right? yeah. That, and, as, and as a woman of loss, you have to think, had you not lost this baby, you would be celebrating too. And I don't think it's fair to, to think that they shouldn't be celebrating as much as they should or not around me or something. And so I think we, we have to kind of check ourselves a little bit. (laughs) Right. Um, Because it's easy to get in that emotion of like, wow, that kind of feels like it's in my face, but it's not. And we should be celebrating these beautiful lives. um, Even, even in the heartbreak. Right. Right. Thank you so much for sharing today. Um, October 15th is um, National Kind of Remembrance Day for Pregnancy and Infant Loss. So if you yourself have been through this, take a moment, uh, think about those those loved ones. And also if you have a friend, um, Amber made a fantastic point to reach out and let them know that you are thinking of them and their little ones. 